I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Real spoilers powered by ReviewSTL.com. Warning. The following film discussion will ruin the ending of any movie you haven't seen. Example. Bruce Willis is dead at the end of The Sixth Sense. See how I ruined it for you? Just like that. Here are a few more. Silent Breed is people! I am your father. Get it? Real spoilers. You've been warned. Broadcasting from the south side of St. Louis, this is Real Spoilers. This is a super bonus episode. We don't have a number for it. We'll call it maybe an annual issue, since uh, I'm a comic book guy, so we'll call it an annual just to get these real plugs out of the way, don't forget to follow us on Facebook. Uh, you can join the League of Show Sharers on there as well. Jump in. Join the conversation, all that good stuff. Real spoilers on Twitter. Also, if you feel like donating, don't forget we have a Patreon. Five bucks a month gets you some free content, uh, commentaries, some movies that probably would cover, you know, that we wouldn't cover on the show. So I've got three super special guests. We recently covered their movie Ready or Not. Uh, on a most recent episode, so let's have these fine gentlemen introduce themselves to you. Gentlemen, after you. What's up? There's one. Special guest number one. My name is Tyler. <laughs> thanks for having us. Thank you. Special guest number two. I am Chad Valella, and thanks so much for having us on this today. Absolutely. And special guest number three. I am Matt. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Yeah! Louis. You three guys are the creative team behind Ready or Not, are you not? Fact. It's a fact. <laughs> Truth. We are. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. We are. We are a. We are a small corner of the creative team behind Ready or Not. But yeah, we are. We are the radio silence portion of the creative team behind Ready or Not. And I'm glad you brought that up. So radio silence uh, is you three gentlemen kind of came together as a group uh, prior to 2011. But radio silence was born in 2011. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's, that's true. fair. And you guys did uh, in 2012. There was a segment, and that was the. 103198 segment, correct? Yes, a VHS. A VHS. Yep. Yes, correct, a VHS, which I got to tell you had some of the great the best visuals in that entire thing. Oh, thanks, man. The hands coming out of the wall uh was some of the creepiest stuff I've I'd seen. I love that 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 segment and those movies in general, but that segment with the with the hands coming out of the walls was creepy. Shout out to Justin Martinez. The yeah. VFX guy who did who did all the incredible effects work in in our segment. Yeah, it was it was good stuff. And then so then we had uh, Devils Due in 2014. Yep, let's just skip right past that one and talk about. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> and then Southbound, which actually I just I just watched both of those movies uh, today. 
Oh, wow. Amazing. That's a, that, that's a busy morning. It yeah. is a little bit, yeah. You know, you, you drop the kids <laughs> off, and then you just plop down and watch some good some good horror stuff. So coming out of VHS, you guys kind of went into the found footage genre with Devil's Due, which had some some really good – I thought some really good I, – I find found footage to be – I think by that point it was a little bit overdone. Is that fair? Yep. You know? Uh, but there was some good some good stuff in that movie. I thought the instead of it being uh, one of those, we're just like, why does he have a camera? Like you gave a legitimate reason as to why the husband has a camera. Yeah, man, that was, sound footage is tricky. We we obviously there's a there's a real um, we have a soft spot for it. It's we, we having you know made a made a handful of projects, shorts, and then devils do in that in that style. There are certainly a lot of things that we love about it. It is, uh, it's a tricky, it's a tricky format. We tried to reinvent it as, as in as many ways as we could, but you know, it's a, uh, it is a, it's a format that is very much limited by the kind of rules. If you're, if you're playing by the rules of found footage, you really have to work hard at finding, at answering that question of why am I seeing what I'm seeing? Why don't the characters turn the camera off? And, sure. and help the one, the person that they love when, you know, when they, when they could. Um, though I think we're seeing now more and more that people are doing terrible things. And instead of helping the, those in need, people are pulling out their phones and recording it. Um, we're sort of entering a new <laughs> fucked up world of found footage in our, in our culture. Do you think it's possible that given where we are in the culture with cell phones and GoPros, do you think that found footage could make a comeback? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, that's a good question. I mean, we we He's gonna really... do something new. Yeah. I, I guess when you look at you know when you look at the Blair Witch or you look at Paranormal Activity, I guess those are kind of the two most successful found footage flicks. I guess I feel like with the technology that we have today, like the idea of somebody holding a camera is easier to accept, maybe, and never putting it down. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So yeah, so those are, that's and then we, and then uh, in 2015 you guys did Southbound, which I also just watched. That's a crazy ass movie, in the best way. <laughs> yeah, that one that that one's a little bonkers, right? Yeah, totally. That was a lot like, of fun. I mean, it, that's just bringing the team back together from VHS. So a lot of the same people that did VHS did did Southbound, and we like coming off of Devil's Due and everything. We just wanted to get back to you know working with people that we really like and admire. And have a good time with a movie. Um, and, you know, that one all came together pretty quickly. We all got together every Wednesday night at Roxanne Benjamin's place and had pizza and worked on our stories together. It was That one was a lot of fun. I was going to ask how that process is, given that... So the basic premise of that movie is every... We start off with a story, and then every subsequential story is connected somehow. Right. So did you guys figure out what your stories wanted to be? and then find that connective tissue or was the connective tissue always there? Um, basically we, we, we went in, Brad Miska initially pitched it as like sub, uh, a sub genre um, anthology film. So like where each segment would be a little bit different, but um, we, we wanted to, we came up with the idea for like what basically the hook is with, which is the inner interconnected um, shorts. We called them zipper transitions and how they zipper into each other. And they're like, we need to be a little bit more thematically together as to what this world is and where we are. 
and basically just created the sandbox for everybody to to play in. Okay. Um, and, and without giving any spoilers away or anything like that, because we'd we'd love people to go watch it and and let us know their thoughts. I that yeah. It's pretty sorry. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> well, there we go. All right, cool. There's yeah. No the life is darkness. Have fun. Enjoy South Bound. <laughs> Enjoy South Bound. Yeah. So, so I have one question that I don't think will spoil anything. What was the connection to the gal working uh, at the gas station and the the dude looking uh, the who it was the the oh wait it was you guys were you guys looking for her the uh, the person working at the gas station so there's the girl working at the gas station that uh, Sutter you guys actually see right yeah, Sutter yeah okay and then. Earlier in the movie, like in the at the segment previous, don't one of you guys hold up a picture of her? We're no, the oh. picture is of the younger daughter um, that we see at the end of the first segment. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. What, what did what 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 ha- I don't what happened? Like why why were they looking for her? Or is that a spoiler? They were looking for the family. They're they the guys the guys in the truck in the last segment are looking for the are looking for the dad who is essentially responsible for the death of of the guy's daughter. Got uh, it. Mitch's, Mitch's daughter. So it's kind of a it's kind of a revenge quest that that goes further than um than they anticipate. Basically. Okay. Okay. Well, yes. Go check out Southbound. I I don't know. I mean, it's on Amazon right now, which is where I watched it. Uh, and it's fantastic. It's a good little, uh, you know, Tales in the Crypt kind of, you know, Black Mirror slash Twilight Zone flick. And then uh, finally in 2019, you guys hit the hit the ground running with Ready or Not, which was a flick that I was insanely excited for from the jump. And it delivered exactly everything that I wanted it to be. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, it was great. So you guys had Samara Weaving yep. coming off of The Babysitter and Mayhem, which are two flicks if you haven't seen. Go do that. And so how did that one come about? Like, what, where did, what was the creative process on that one? That was a, that was a kind of a long process, uh, getting it going, and then a very quick process once it got going. Because uh, the script got sent to us shortly after maybe Devil's Due, like 2014, 2015. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, and we didn't get it. Oh. It was called Family Ritual at the time. We didn't <laughs> They hired somebody else. Idiots. Those yeah. bastards. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and then it came back around after Southbound, and they were kind of looking for a new take on it. And we were like, yes, we'd love to. It'd be wonderful. Like, please. And Trip, Trip, uh, Vincent, Jamie Vanderbilt are the producers. So we worked with them and the writers, Guy and Ryan, for a while. And then Searchlight got on board, like, I think it was the day after Trump was elected. So 2016. Oh, gross. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we worked on it with Searchlight for a while, uh, kind of honing it in on, on, like, just focusing it. It was a longer story. It had more in... It was like four days. It was meet the family, not a wedding. Oh, okay. So we got okay. it down. It's a survive the night movie. It's about the wedding. It's about the bride. Um, and I think that's when it really clicked for everyone. And Searchlight gave it the go ahead. And then Samara was the first person who got cast. Like, and once we got Samara, everything else kind of started to fall in place. I, I feel like this is uh, her breakout performance. It should be. She deserves it. Yeah, she's fucking fantastic. Yeah, man, she's a movie star. Man, she's so good. She's so great. I'm glad you brought up the Fox Searchlight thing. Was there any so given what happened with uh what was there was another flick that actually got pulled 
because of the fear of what it could in, entice. Yeah, the hunt. The hunt. The yeah. hunt, yeah. So when the Disney deal goes down, was there any fear from you guys that, oh, crap, maybe ours is going to get shit can too? Or was it always just like, we're just going, there's no worries, uh, let's just roll? I don't know if there was any fear... I don't know if we had any specific fear that that was that that was going to be the outcome of Ready or Not. We, um, I mean, we knew that the studio was was way behind the film. The message of of the project, you know, Ready or Not is. We should also I should start by saying that none of us have seen The Hunt, so it's hard for us to sure, which is kind sure. of the problem, right? Like we all culturally seem to have there's there's an opinion about a movie that nobody has seen, which feels a little bit. Um, it's a little bit irresponsible. On the no, I, I completely agree. <laughs> um, so, so who, who the fuck knows what what the message of that movie is? But you know, we can say just sort of based on what we do know about the hunt that um, Ready or Not is like is less is it's not apolitical. I mean, obviously, like it's hard to make a piece of we explode uh, the one percent. <laughs> yeah, any kind of piece of art that's not that's totally apolitical. Right. Like our opinions are very much present in in ready or not but we're not um there, there's nothing about ready or not that that in any way shape or form is glorifying we don't think you know the, the violence that uh, that that is in the movie like it's it's very fucked up and very intense and the situation is all very heightened but there's also sort of an absurdist quality to it sure, so sure. I, I don't think that we were ever really worried about it i think that we were we were worried about um about a trend being set by that choice and um, by, I you think mean, that you we mean by, all by, maybe be worried about that a little bit. You were worried that you by Universal canning the movie or or shelving the movie for the time being. Yeah, like we just don't. Right. We aren't sure that that's the best way to you know to to enter to. to I, there's no. We need, the art needs to be creating conversations, and part of that is that you know we should be willing to well one vote with our dollars. If you're not interested in in seeing something, then you don't right. have to see it. Like nobody's being forced to watch to watch the hunt. Um, but that good art is, is also supposed to uh, is supposed to challenge people and challenge their perspectives and maybe have a conversation or at least start a conversation that that we culturally are having a hard uh, a difficult time having and um, so it's it's a that uh, that's a scary it's a slippery slope when you start um, you know canceling the release of of of, of a movie um, so yeah I don't it's it's interesting it's a, it was a strange it was a strange kind of thing to be sort of sucked into because obviously we were kind of we were adjacent to it and and um so it was a, yeah it was, it was a fascinating fascinating thing to watch happen yeah um and then the disney deal happens and was there any i guess was there any concern that disney might shelve a bunch of the fox searchlight stuff so obviously we on on the show we talked about the disney stuff and how um you know, maybe Fox Searchlight. We don't. We don't know what that life is going to be post Disney. Right. Was there any concern when when the Disney deal happens, uh, like where this movie was going to live? Like if it was going to live under the Disney banner, if it was going to live under Fox Searchlight, was it? Or how does that work? Well, I mean, Searchlight, to their credit, are pretty siloed off from the rest of Fox and the rest of Disney because they make movies that the other the big that big Fox and Disney just do not make. Sure. So I think I think if they do get um, absorbed into the Disney machine, it's going to be w- down the line okay. a little bit. Okay. Um, so they assured us that there would be no like hiccups or anything because of the merger, because you know th- they're they're basically bigger fish to fry for Disney when they're you know consuming Fox. 
Um, trying to get so, that Fantastic Four and X Men. That's all. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You need the next Fantastic Four. <laughs> yeah, because those um, those previous ones. The first were so two good. are great. Yeah. First yeah. three, yeah. man. Don't forget. Yeah, like, yeah. There's that third no, that's one right. that yeah, nobody that's really right. talks that about. <laughs> right. They were all in in terms of the creative side of everything, and and they assured us everything. And then it got to the marketing side too, and it was on a, Searchlight's. On, they're one of their largest marketing spends and the widest release for Searchlight ever. Which oh, really? I, I think I think that was advantageous to us and the Disney because of the Disney thing because they're like, look, we can make we can make commercial movies too, not just you know Oscar winners that like two hundred and fifty people like, <laughs> right. and, and uh, so they they use that muscle to our advantage, and that was something something um, that we were we were very grateful for, and we loved what they did, you know. Um, and just speaking back to how that Disney Fox merger does kind of screw things up. Right before we went into pre-production on Ready or Not, we wrote a a movie for for 20th Century Fox that is now in kind of limbo you because did. yeah, just the script. Um, a lot of people are interested. Um, we're you know we're we're hoping it gets off the ground again, but it's just like one of those things. Like where does this live um, in this new universe? And people can't just find a place for it yet. So that got stalled a little bit after. You know, while we were in production and in even in post of ready, ready or not. Okay. So there, there was like a, like a good a benefit for us, and also like, oh no, that kind of, you know, was a little bit of thwarting our master plan to take over the world through <laughs> Fox, um, or so it does. Right. So uh, we had a little bit of a debate on the show when we were talking about Ready or Not. Um, I'm a horror nerd, but I was hesitant to call Ready or Not a horror movie. Is that what I was? Am I right, or am I going to have to issue a, no, you're, an apology to my? Well, you should apologize. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> we 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 talked about that a lot, and it's like you know, obviously, our our kind of goal with the movie was to have as much as is possible when you're making a movie that you know borrows borrows tropes from other things. Sure. To 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 still kind of give it a singular tone where you could be like, oh, that's. We didn't want to copy tone. We wanted to kind of try to create a tone. Okay. And and to that end, we were very aware that we were like, this is not... If you go into this movie wanting just like a classic horror movie, you might be let down because, you know, we shy away from the blood sometimes until we don't. Uh, uh, that's what makes I think it the most effective. That, that's, that's how we feel too. And honestly, at the end of the day, a lot of it is just taste. It's like, it's what we like. And... And we, we always kind of use the guiding principle of like, we are making a horror movie, but it always has to feel like a thriller and it should also be funny. That's you what know, I called like, it. It's like a, it's like a funnier, you're next. Totally. And I don't I, mean I'm that. I'm not going to say if it's funnier than your next. I have no idea. But <laughs> I, have you not? But, so I, I said that the, the triple feature for the, for this would be ready or not cabin in the woods and you're next. That'd be great. We'd, that, we'd be honored to be in that in that trilogy. Well, you deserve to be in that trilogy because that it's they all fit perfectly together. But I do think I think and I think Samara Weaving is the the funniest part of the movie, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I think her delivery on certain lines was the inflection and the way she delivered certain things, like when the gun doesn't go off. Yeah. Just the look on her face, like good lord, like of course, of course, she is like a unique talent like all those things that could kind of you know if you just watch the movie on the surface level and you're like oh it's a fucking movie about hide and seek and whatever blah blah blah. it's fine yeah hopefully you enjoy it but like if you pay attention to like the nuance of of, of sam and the rest of the cast really 
but but she has an ability to play fear like she's empathetic she's funny she has all of the colors happening when they need to it's 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 a kind of control that you rarely see at least i don't uh and to have her do something like this where she could really use them all was such a treat. Like yeah. she, I, I, we jokingly said this Halloween, uh, I have a feeling that you're going to see a bunch of Harleys. You're going to see a bunch of, uh, I don't Mira's maybe, I don't know, but I, that the wedding dress <laughs> with the, with the Chucks, with the, like the elf, like the, the Rambo, you know, Chewbacca, you know, belt around the shoulders. I think we're going to see, <laughs> hopefully we see a lot of that because that just when she tears, what I thought was insanely awesome and so smart on your guys's part was as her character changes, she's almost like John McClane. We talked about that so much. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very good reference. Yeah. Like yeah. Her, her clothes get dirtier. Like McClane wears that god awful while. I don't know how that. I own those kind of shirts and they don't last long. So the fact that that movie, that shirt lasted that entire movie is insane to me. <laughs> but like she, so she tears the, the bottom of the dress off and her character changes a little bit. She tears exactly. the, the arm off. And the character changes again, and she's getting even more and more badass. So I thought the costume changes with her character was super brilliant on everybody's part. Yeah, it was a really fun way to track to track her arc to have this thing that she's you know that she's wearing as a second skin really showcase all of the shit that she's been through. And we also just really loved this idea when we were talking early on about what the dress should look like. And in early drafts of the script, it was actually written very specifically as, as, um, as a spaghetti strap dress. And we were like, no, we need to, we need to add more layers to it. It needs to be long sleeve because we love the idea that the dress as the movie, as the story progresses, that the dress becomes kind of its own survival kit. Yeah. Right. It's, yeah. It, it's first is sort of, it's, it, it's, it's this, um, it's an obstacle, right, that she has to overcome at first, and she tears the tears the bottom off of it, and then its use throughout the the rest of the film is, um, you know, there's she uses the sash to strangle Stevens. She uses the the uh, the sleeve as a tourniquet on her hand. That it it becomes this thing that um, that's serving her. That's uh, that's being used in a in a fun and interesting and, and ironic and and believable way. Yeah. Uh, we 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 wanted there to be. So we wanted the character to be really represented in that costume, and our our costume designer Avery, she um, she really she crushed it on all the costumes. But that wedding dress is so iconic, and and it was the thing. I think we were we were nervous that the, that we were going to get a ton of notes on it. You know, wardrobe is something that the studios usually have a lot of opinions about, and and it was there was no there was there that was it. Like that wedding dress. It, it she she put it on Sam and it was like this is the fucking perfect thing. Never got any notes on it. It was just it was like it absolutely totally made sense when when we saw it for the first time. No, and I think that's that that's brilliant. The uh, just the like you said the the John McClane esque nature of her character um, worked perfectly with that dress. I think if it had been the spaghetti strap dress, it maybe I mean I'm sure she would have made it work, but I think that the the long sleeves and like the the lace turtleneck uh only added to the badassery that was her character um so yeah so i kind of just want to talk about pick your brains a little bit uh how you guys got into horror 
Um, I think a lot of our listeners uh, kind of all come from the 80s. I know that I did. Um, and, like, the slasher genre kind of kicked off my love for the genre, whether that's good or bad, depending on what psychiatrist you want to talk to. Right. <laughs> so where where did your love of horror start? Um, well, for me, it's like I grew up outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, so all the, the George Romero stuff that kind of grew I, I grew up on um and definitely had a love for uh in fact like when we i used to go shopping for clothes when i was a kid um uh, we would go to the mall that dawn of the dead was filmed at. the monroeville so, mall the monroeville mall that's yeah awesome. so that's, that's that great. was my local mall um so so that you know just knowing that horror existed knowing that i'm buying my nikes here but there was like you know, a zombie apocalypse happening here too. It's right, like, right, right. oh, this is pretty. This is pretty fantastic. And you, you get you get a love for horror. You get a love for just filmmaking in general, um, just from growing up in in that type of environment, and 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 also from living in the woods and having a, a wild imagination. Absolutely. I think mine, mine's kind of like a few things. It started. My dad and I used to watch the Twilight Zone marathons. Well, we'd watch Twilight Zones every Saturday night. There'd be two episodes on our local like on coffee if you're in the bay area uh and and we'd watch we'd watch two episodes like almost almost every weekend and then during thanksgiving there'd be a marathon and we tape them all and then watch them and that was like my first introduction when i was like a kid you know like very young to that sort of thing while it's not quite horror it's like in that world and then it's like horror adjacent it's horror adjacent you know it makes you it makes you interested in that kind of stuff you know and then we also catch outer limits a lot and like that that which is a little more sci-fi, but, and then, and then, uh, I think the two that really like solidified it for me were dream warriors. Oh man. They showed it at my fucking school when I was in elementary school. No, they did Yeah. I mean, Tyler and Chad heard this story a million times, but they, they showed it at my elementary school as a reward for like not getting in trouble that year. Oh my God. I, I'm sure heads rolled. I have no idea. I was too young to know, but like, you know, I must have been 10 or something. Sure. And and I also remember a friend got a copy of Lost Boys as soon as it got on VHS. And those that that was the other one that was like, oh, my God, what is this? This is and I grew up near Santa Cruz. So, like, I was familiar with, like, where the setting in a really, like, personal way. So it felt so real to me. Yeah. Like in, in the best way. Uh, but that those, those are the big ones for me when I was young. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I, I kind of came up, I mean, I came up reading comic books, so I probably through, through that medium, but movie wise, I mean, I, uh, I think my first, my first like genre experiences were probably alien predator and killer clowns from outer space was the first movie my, my dad ever bought for me. Like I owned that on VHS. It was, you know, he gave it to me on, on like for a birthday and we watched it together until the tape, the tape blew out. <laughs> sure. Sure. But there was always something, I was always so intrigued by the, the stuff that my parents were watching and the things that were forbidden. Um, RoboCop, like those movies that were, that were, I knew there that I shouldn't be watching them. Um, and so those, I think that was probably my, my intro, like alien predator, killer clowns, RoboCop. Like those were the movies that I felt, there was a there was an element of danger in in having the experience that was so contagious and so exciting. So my dad actually, when Blockbuster first came into St. Louis, which was like ninety ninety three, ninety two, ninety three, 
the he worked at a blockbuster, so he would take the posters. Oh, that's awesome. I have a killer I had, I don't have it anymore, unfortunately. I had a killer clowns of out from outer space poster, which was like the one where he's uh it's the clown hand spinning the earth like a basketball. Yeah, that was a poster Very that cool. I had. Oh, for me, I'm a carpenter guy. Uh, I I became a carpenter guy as I got older, but my first entry to the, his world was Halloween that I was way too young to see. Like I had a babysitter who's like, no, you'll be fine. Just watch this movie. And it it, it was not a good experience for it's a great the, babysitter. The, the seven-year-old that was <laughs> just exposed. It was, you know, like, you know, NBC would show it. It is an 80s it. movie. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, it, like, NBC like... would show it. There was, like, the NBC cut that was that was different, and that was what I saw. And, it like, the scene when Jamie Lee Curtis stands up and the face, the shape comes from behind her. And, they, you know, Dean Cundy does that lighting where the he illuminates the face, and that's all you can see. Right. Uh, it was game over. Like I, I, I did not uh, do well after that. It was not, uh, you know, the the uh, ramifications. I don't think we had that babysitter after that. Now that I think about it, it's amazing. <laughs> I don't think she came back around. So, are, what are you guys watching now? Like, what, uh, what's, what's some stuff that get kind of gets the the creative juices going, or uh, that you guys are into right now? That's a great question. Good question. Right now, I mean, the most recent things I've watched are just Mindhunter and The Righteous Gemstones. I was literally going to say the same two things. <laughs> yeah, but those aren't those aren't in the horror space. Uh, um, I think Mindhunter can slip in. Yeah, there. Mindhunter. Yeah, it could be. It definitely could be. And you know, and and that's something different. But another show. I, I sorry, I've been I've been plugging the show a lot. Is a uh, it's called Black Spot. It's a French show. It's on it's on Netflix right now. Season one was on Amazon. That's when I started watching it two years ago. Season two just came out recently. But it's it's a really cool small small town in like this remote forest in France um, where a murder happens. So it has like a little Twin Peaks vibe going okay, on. Okay. Um, but then when you get into the woods, you realize there's like a actual uh, pagan like a mysticism or fantasy going on in the forest. But it's so grounded and it's it just, it's a really interesting show. Um, and it's in French, so I have to watch the entire screen and not <laughs> look course. at my phone. Um, so I could read it and know what's going on. So it's like I'm definitely been into into that one lately. Um, to, to like try to find things that are like that are just not in our world, but you know, but grounded by our world. Um, that is a lot of fun. Can I tell you that in Mindhunter, the the slow burn to get to Gary Ridgeway is driving me nuts, okay. in, in like oh. the best way. Well, it's not Gary Ridgway. It's, I'm it's sorry. BTK, it's uh, right? it's BTK. Oh. Yeah, it's BTK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The BTK stuff. Yeah, yeah. We're it's, like, it's hilarious. It's like it's, I mean, honestly, like it's a like a, a five season tease. It I, is. I, That's right. I don't know. Who, they got a long way to go yet. They got 25 years to go <laughs> before they like go to get there. It's, it's pretty amazing. There's actually. I just I just read uh, a comic. Well, a graphic novel. God can't call it a comic because people get mad. By uh, Jonathan Case, uh, <laughs> called the Hunt for the I think it's the Hunt for the Green River Killer, and yeah, the, it's great. The, the guy, yeah, the like guy's Alex. dad was it, it was the guy's dad was the detective, right? Yeah. What an it like just yeah. could you imagine How crazy like just that whole yeah. like doing that your entire life whole your whole life is built around this case and then you kind of like go away and then you're like oh by the way uh, here's here he is you know and you get a, a you actually get an ending unbelievable yeah to that case. Yeah, but yeah, I think so Mindhunter, where they've just been, you know, at the end of season one, when they teased BTK, you're just like, well, all right, that's all we're going to get. And then just like the little snippets through the Atlanta child killer, 
Yeah. And now he, I don't. I I assume we're gonna get something in season three. Who knows? I don't know. Or or whatever the last season is. I mean, <laughs> the funny thing about Mindhunter we always talk about is that for all the things that are funny about it, like that that choice, it's still like the most watchable show. I've I've experienced in like a long time where I'm like I just I want to just watch it over and yeah. over and over again. Yeah, totally. So hypnotic. It's it's I don't so think I've hypnotic. ever seen somebody able to capture like the feel of an you know like sometimes when these directors step in like you know a list directors step in to do an episode of a TV show they kind of put their imprint on it and I don't think I've seen somebody capture David Fincher so well. Yeah, agreed. Like that whole show just feels like a Fincher show because they, you know, and yeah. I'm not going to say he sets the tone, man. I mean, he's like, just he sets it and he's like, here, here's a blueprint. Yeah, it's like, like when, Rob, fucking, when yeah. Rob Zombie does an episode of CSI, you're like, well, that all right. That's weird. Right. But, <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's I guess that works. Or Kevin Smith, Kevin, who I love, Kevin Smith. But like mm-hmm. when he's doing like Supergirl, you're just like, well, it doesn't really. All right. It doesn't really feel like a Kevin Smith thing when he's directing Supergirl. But who am I? You know. I'm just a kid right. doing a podcast. Like I don't, I don't know my butt <laughs> on the ground. Uh, what about you? What anybody else? What are you guys watching or, or something current that you guys have seen? That kinda... I'm watching. Uh, I'm watching that that animated show Undone on Amazon, which is a fucking treat. Is that the Aubrey Plaza way. show? No, it's it. It looks like Aubrey Plaza. It's Rosa Salazar who okay. was in um, Alita: Battle Angel and uh, the the uh, Maze Runner movies. It is a it is a remarkable show. It's it's kind of it's kind of sci-fi fantasy. It's kind of a show about the afterlife. It it mixes genres. Um, it's just like wildly inventive, and it's fast and it's strange and um, it's funny as hell. It's a, it's a very awesome uh, experience, and it's also inspiring. Like it's. Given the format and, and what they do with the animation, it takes these really crazy visual risks that um, that that are that are like singular to the show that you, you don't you couldn't do it any other way. It it feels like the concept and uh, and how the concept was created and how it's being you know how it's being shown to people is this sort of perfect thing. It was designed so well to do what it does. Uh, so check that out. It's it's very much worth your time. Is it very in the cool is show. it in the vein of Skinner Darkly? Like, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, it's a rotoscope on top of a live action frame. Um, but they but it has its own it has its own identity. It it feels a little Skinner Darkly, but it's um it's uh I don't know it, it, it there's a there's a hand drawn kind of feel to it that's that's really nice. It's sort of rough around the edges in a way that's really um. That's really endearing and really kind of lets you in. Okay, I was, that's a. It's, it's been on my list, and I, you know, obviously I had a little bit of uh, stuff to do this morning, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? Like I know that uh, for me, it was, go ahead. Oh, I've just been watching old stuff. I've been I've been kind of like on a. I think in the last month I've watched like Jaws, the original Star Wars trilogy, Dirty Harry, Die Hard, Terminator, Aliens. You know, like I've just been doing like a. A trick down Classic. all my favorite movies. Yeah, I, that, I, you know, I don't see anything don't wrong with them. any of that. It's been a real fucking treat. <laughs> <laughs> it's also it's also nice to go back and realize I actually just rewatched Terminator One and Two, Same. and it's just like, yeah, yeah, these are like we were talking about this on the show about the the idea of the final girl, 
And I think that kind of goes into Ready or Not, uh, where Samara Weaving is definitely a final girl, and how Linda Hamilton is a final girl, and Sigourney Weaver is a final girl. Right. We asked on the show, is like, is that something that's going to go away as more directors put uh, female actors in positions of like lead roles or like action heroes? Uh, I mean, you look at uh, Brie Larson or Scarlett Johansson or uh, any of those characters, any of those gals from the Marvel stuff, uh, Gal Gadot. Like, do you guys think that the final girl concept is something that may go away? As well, it's weird. Like, we never, we never talked about uh, Grace as a final girl, and I know Samara has been saying it should be final woman. Which we're nope, great totally. with. I'm fine with that. Uh, yep. If we, we and- can call that, yep. But but it's funny. It's like we never thought about her in that way in the character, and and it's funny. We've we've had we've had a few people talk about the final girl aspect in ours, and it's funny because I I think we all agree with it conceptually. But there's also a part of us that's like, well, we've seen ten thousand movies where there's just a dude up against a bunch of odds, and then they kill everybody. Sure. And we don't we don't call them something like a final boy or anything. you know it's like <laughs> yeah. this weird like. She's just a woman who's kicking ass, and and especially like in our movie, it's like she's not even a superhero. She doesn't like she like she like at the end, it's she's literally cornered until people start blowing up. Right, even right, though right. she fought like a fucking badass to get there, you know what I mean? Sure. Uh, and so we tried to subvert a lot of that in little ways, but it's it's interesting. It's an interesting conversation because I I do think that you know for us, it's more it's more interesting to tell the story of someone who is. A, who is an outsider than someone who is on the inside. Okay. And just the way that our society has been shittily constructed, women are on the outside. Sure. So it's, it's, it's a more interesting character and it's a more, it's a more heroic story to tell because it's a farther, it's a farther journey to go on. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, 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 it's interesting. It's an interesting conversation. I, I, uh, I think that that term will evolve. That's, I think it's less about, you know, like a, like a Linda Hamilton or, a, you know, a Sigourney Weaver or Samara Weaving being a final girl. And it's just more about the, like what the evolution of that is. I don't, I don't, I don't think I, I'm trying to remember the last, the last movie I saw recently where you had a classic final girl, someone who is like, Screaming in terror, who has no idea how to how to deal. I mean, Midsummer. There is. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, I guess. I guess. And that um, and that she, character, she hits she, all the tropes of it. She, I gotta tell you, right? Because she and she doesn't ever really actively, she doesn't ever really actively like sort of work against or fight against. I mean, that's a that's a yeah, that's a really interesting example of that. There have been few few movies that I have been legitimately fucked up. Like I, when I first saw that, when I saw the first, the original Last House, that was the first time oh, I ever but, had to pause yeah. it and be like, you know what, I'm gonna come back. This feels too real. So like, yeah. there was just an element of that movie that just felt too real. And I saw Midsummer, and I, it's the, it's the only other time that I've ever felt like I don't want to be in this movie anymore. Like I, which is I'm, funny because the only time I've had that is Hereditary. <laughs> oh really? Where I was like. I can't do it. Can't do it. Maybe it's because I just had a kid and I was like, that whole thing that happens in the middle. I was like, wow, this is a really well, well-made movie. But like, I am, I'm, and I know that it's supposed to be making me uncomfortable, but it's making me uncomfortable in a way that I'm uncomfortable with being this uncomfortable. Yes, exactly. Which is, exactly. Which is a testament to the movie, how well the movie's made. I was just like, wow. Yeah. I can't even fuck with this. Like, no. 
No, like I remember. So I saw I we were doing both. Like we did two episodes back to back, and we did Spider Man and Midsummer. And I saw Midsummer first, and then Spider Man like in the same day at the theater. Like it, it honestly had an effect of my enjoyment of Spider Man <laughs> because I That's... couldn't stop. Like, <laughs> ruined Spider Man. It did. It did. I had to see Spider Man a second time. I was like, okay, I've taken enough time between this and Midsummer. But like, I felt like Ari Aster kind of has. Obviously, he said that his next movie, he doesn't want it to be a horror movie. But there was just some like the un. I think a lot of horror movies to me are filmed at night, right? So everything's in the dark. Midsummer, it's daylight all the time, and it's just it just left you feeling so uneasy. And now I don't know if I want to see that three hour cut. <laughs> I, like I barely made it through the two hour cut. Yeah. Not it. No, not for me. But like, apparently, I, I just somebody just posted a picture of something that I didn't even notice. Where like, the scene where Danny is being lifted up, like on that uh, that platform, and they're kind of like after. She, I think it's after she wins. Oh, like, the face yeah. in the bushes. Didn't notice it until somebody pointed it out, and I was like, yeah, that's why it fucked me up because I'm seeing this shit that I didn't know was there, and now you're bringing it to my attention. It's like, yeah, okay, yeah, that's why. Yeah, he's he's kind of smart. That was that was good. Yeah, yeah. The Crowley, he's just such a great... I mean, he's a he's a incredibly skilled filmmaker. Absolutely. I think, Matt, as you said, like, you ha- you're having the experience he wants you to have. It's just the question is whether or not you want to be having that experience. <laughs> <laughs> They're so, it's, his movies are so brutal and hard to watch. They, they really are. Uh, so is there is there anything on the horizon for you guys that you guys are looking forward to? I'm gonna go watch Midsummer when we get off. You bold move, brother. <laughs> the law, I'm gonna find the longest cut possible. <laughs> I don't know why you want to do that, but hey, you you do you. <laughs> no, I mean, dude, we Red or Not was so much fun, and the process of making it was so great that it's like I we're we're fully we're fully like ready to find the next thing. You know, sometimes you finish a project and you're like, shit, I need a break. I need to kind of collect myself sort of ground myself we're we're just we had such a good time making that movie and we're just ready to be we're ready to be back back into something and i feel like it 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 shows on screen you know sometimes you see uh, i i actually just kind of rewatched the first the 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 two rob zombie halloweens and there as much as i enjoy that first one there is something off about that second one and that's not a bad thing i you can just but there are you can feel when the creative team kind of isn't there. Like, they're they're there, but they're not there. Oh, is there a story about that on that? I don't know what that is. So he didn't want to do the, the second one. Gotcha. And they kind of, wow. kind of like Carpenter, where, like, they came to Carpenter and were like, we want to do a second one. He was like, no, thank you. And then the check came in, and he was like, well, all right. Right. You know, right. And I, I feel like that kind of was the same thing about Halloween, Let's make too. Let's them related. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Um and I felt like on screen with you guys, with Ready or Not, is there was there was an element of fun. Sure, we've got all this crazy stuff going on, but then you've got like these little snippets of like where the sister keeps killing the maids on accident, or you know, or or even like I said, Samara Weaving's delivery of lines. Uh, so, but there is just like an element of fun and creativeness that surrounded that movie. So, like, I you can feel that on screen. That's great to hear. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, 
it was very fun to make and everybody got along great and it was like and we were so under the gun we shot it in 26 days oh wow or you know not relatively not a ton of money and and it was it was kind of like one of those sink or swim together sort of situations sure and everybody everybody wanted to uh to be, be swim be there you know so <laughs> everybody, everybody, wanted wanted to, everybody wanted to swim yeah <laughs> everyone wanted to swim is is there was there anything that you wanted to put into that flick that you guys couldn't get in how long do we have? Uh, as long as you want. <laughs> Dude, there was a in, there was like a post credit scene that we wanted to shoot that we fought cool. we fought to to get into production, but we just ultimately couldn't happen because of time and money. Yeah. But it was it basically was a took place at a convention hall like three months after the the events of the movie, and it followed these like a bunch of these rich white people walking around in this packed kind of convention hall talking about what happened to the Lodomises. And they walk through these doors into this giant, this giant room. And there are thousands of like rich white people. And it's clearly like a LaBelle, oh. a LaBelle convention and the door is closed and you realize, Oh fuck. Like all of these rich people, they've all made a similar pack sure. in their own way with the same benefactor. But we, <laughs> we just, Oh my God, we, that would have been amazing. Yeah, and it was the one thing that we were like, "Fuck, man!" We if we had we even thought about just like shooting it ourselves in L.A. You know, like sure. in post, just steal a camera, I can go <laughs> fucking do it for for no money. Um, but that was the one thing that was like, "Fuck, man!" That would have been a really fun little tag. So you you mentioned earlier that when you got this script in 2015, is that right? 2012. Yeah, around then. Okay. 2015 ish. Okay. There that it was longer. That this was it was not a wedding. It was kind of like, hey, let's go meet the folks. Was there was there ever a moment where you're just like, we can like we need to shorten this, or was it like we should shorten this to make it uh I guess more accessible? If that makes sense? Like did you would you have rather it been, hey, we're just meeting the folks, or do you think that the wedding uh, played better. Oh, I think we're all thrilled with where it ended up. Okay. I mean, yes, totally. The Survive the Night Thriller is like one of our favorite kind of subgenres. Yeah, and the, the fact that it kind of became that with sort of on its own is fucking awesome. And it, it, it worked. I thought. It, I think. I think the the Survive the Night and then the uh, the the twisty turns at the end. I thought was uh, there was the moment. You know, I was kind of I was rooting for them. And then when the twist happens, you're just like, oh, well, this will be interesting. I guess we'll see yeah. where we go from here. Um, yeah, so I, I, I think uh, I kind of wanted to touch on, obviously, the going back to when we were all growing up. Was there, was there ever a flick that you guys gravitated towards where you're like your friends – didn't really know about it. And you're like, dude, you have to see this movie. Like if you haven't seen this, you have to sit down and watch this. I, I kind of think of like evil dead two is like the one that I would bring to my friends parties. I'm like, no, no, no. I know we want to get hammered, but we seriously need to watch this movie. And of course I would be told to leave. <laughs> Man, that's a fun one. Mine was not fun. Mine was pie. The Aaron Oh movie. no. <laughs> I loved that movie in high school. And that's just not something that you're like, Hey guys, let's all get together and have a good time watching pie. Sure. <laughs> But I, I, and I, I still to this day love that movie. But that was one that I kept trying to get people, my buddies, to watch, and they just uh, nobody ever really. <laughs> nobody ever that's, really. That's really on. funny. That's funny. I mean, when I was in high school, we watched Speed 
all the time. Yeah, you um, did. And one of, yeah, we watched, just watched Speed. <laughs> um, and then we, uh, one of the earlier films we made, um, we, we made a movie called Slow, where we there was a bomb in the car and you had to go slow. And we just filmed ourselves going slow all over town and having an insanely long line of traffic behind us and everybody getting pissed. Oh, and then the big revelation of it all was like, wait, slow, we could be going zero. And the bomb won't go off, so we should just park the park the car. And then we parked the car, and we got up, got outside the car, and jumped up and down as everybody who was in that line of traffic behind us would be like flipping us off and beeping at us. Um, yeah, that's a classic. That's good stuff. But, Real violent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what a what a crazy career turn that guy has had. Yeah. Not not a turn, but I guess a resurgence. You know, like yeah, I, I, yeah. Did yeah. they ever really go away? That, I mean, around. like yeah. you know, like those last two. All right, those last two Matrix movies, me, yeah. they're not the best. Yeah. They're not the best. But like, well, yeah. I remember we we did a you know we decided to do John Wick, and we're just like ah you know it's this weird Keanu action movie, and you walk out and you're just like what 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 happened? Like the, how is this as good as it is? And there's two yeah. more, it's, and they're just as good. It's Keanu. <laughs> yeah, it is Keanu. Like that's yeah. yeah now we're getting Bill and Ted three. Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. You know. Uh. Yeah. So like, usually what I like to ask people is if you could if you could rank not even rank but if you could give me your top five movies not that are the best not that are Oscar winners but what are the top five movies that you could watch on repeat and never get tired of. Oh, great question. Yeah. And they could be garbage movies, you know, and we don't we don't call them garbage movies on this show. We call them deep fried tacos. And what a deep fried taco is, is, you know, they aren't good for you. Right. But you love them anyway. Well done. So that's that. Um, so, well, you, like they could be deep fried tacos. They could be Oscar. They could be whatever you want. I feel like we can make yeah. do we got, do you guys want to just shout some out as we go? Because, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. I mean, I can make uh, two off the bat. Big, yeah, I can. Yeah, go. What are your What are your good fellows? Oh, good call. Yeah, yeah good. Good fellows feels like an eternal one, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I'll steal good fellows as well. Uh, the ones that jump to mind instantly for me are like uh, Joyride. Really, with Paul Walker? Yeah, it's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> yeah, of all time. yeah. In it like a thousand times. That's actually one too that like when I saw it, I then spent the next decade telling everybody I know. Why haven't you seen this movie? Oh man, it's like everything you want out of a movie. It's well, and that's great. continued. I feel like we still are trying to convince people that. Right. <laughs> right. Well, it, it was written by some bum. Yeah, that J.J. Abrams guy. What I happened? mean, what was yeah. he ever done? Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. So what if he uh, takes over the DC stuff at Marvel, at Warner Brothers? It's it's just it's just one of the greatest fucking movie movies ever. And then, but North by Northwest is another one that jumps to mind. Where I'm like, I've seen it fucking a thousand times. It never gets old it's for a me. Great one. I kind of still don't really know what it's about. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. On the run, and you know, whatever. <laughs> Big Trouble in Little China is one of mine. That's, That's one that I'll one. If, if it's on, I'll just I I will watch it. I will fucking watch that movie until it's over. Kurt, um, Kurt Russell is one of those dudes that uh, if you put him anywhere near a, a credit sequence, like if you say he's in this movie, I don't care how small, you you just take my money. <laughs> Yeah, you're hooked. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that you know, he I I jokingly tell my dad uh, that Kurt Russell was could have been my dad because they filmed Escape from New York here. Oh shit! In in St. Louis and the the hotel. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, the the hotel that Kurt Russell was staying at 
my mom was like the front desk clerk. So I'm that's just like, I'm just saying, dad, like there might be a chance. He's like, you're an asshole. And I was like, yeah, that's fair. He's amazing. You didn't get the looks or the charisma. I was like, you know what? That's fair. That's uh, that's a, I got that from you. So thanks for that. That's funny. So yeah, uh, so, anything else? Pump up the volume. Lebowski. Oh, pump up the volume. That's a good one. Lebowski. Um, Legend of Billy Jean. Oh man, I oh, always that's that's Helen Slater. Yeah, Helen Slater. Back to the Future's a good one. Always. That's Back that's on my future. list for sure. I feel like can we choose like all the Indiana Joneses like one except for four. All the original, yeah, trilogy. <laughs> original trilogy. Four, four is the one that has never take, come out. Like I have that uh, that Blu-ray set, and four is the one that's never come out of the sleeve. That's uh, still on the plastic. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, oh, all right. Well, I feel like I've I've kept you guys rambling for long enough. Uh, do you guys have a a date when Ready or Not will be available for home viewing? Have they given that? That's out a yet? great question. I think that it's going to be like question. the first week of November. That's kind of what we've heard, but that is incredibly yeah. unofficial. Sure. No real, no, no idea. Is there a director's cut? It'll be a lot no. like the cut that came out in the theater. That was going to be my question. <laughs> that was my question. The volume would just be all turned up throughout, like three decimals. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for coming on. Um, do you guys have anything you'd like to plug before we get out of here? Um, no, I mean go go watch Red, go watch Devils Do. That's what I want to plug. So go watch I, fucking Devils Do. Dude, Point I swear. Fox. <laughs> I I totally I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. Like I, Thank I, you. I know you guys kind of like wanted to skip over that and I was acquiescing, but No, no. We're, I really, we're, we're proud of that. We're proud of that movie. It's it's one of those flicks that I feel like it it floated under the radar. Uh, but I just I felt like it was really smart. It was like almost like Ready or Not, where you you were rooting for them. You know what I mean? Like you're rooting for awesome. you're rooting for them as a couple, and like as things start to go haywire, just like oh no, there's nothing nothing we can do to help these people. And then you kind of get that ending that you didn't get at Ready or Not that you guys wanted to shoot for Ready or Not, where it's just right. it. I won't Fucking say any, I won't say anything. <laughs> I won't spoil it. But like you get that ending, and you're just like, oh no. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, it's I, gonna continue. Exactly, exactly. And I think that there is a there's an element of, uh, the the chemistry that everybody has together. I think those the, the two leads, right? Correct. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Zach and Allison. Exactly. Like you could feel their career, like. Almost like uh, your two leads in Ready or Not. Like, you could feel their charisma together, and you believed them. Yep. That's great. I mean, that was yeah. a big part of us with that movie, was being like, we just, our, our main goal is to make it feel like this is a believable couple. Like, because it had to be such a small, intimate movie, just sure. by the nature of being found footage. Like, our kind of pitch was like that. It was like almost more romantic than it is like a fucking real in-your-face genre movie yeah i think that's exactly the way it came up so i do like and both uh devils do and southbound uh are on amazon prime or not i'm sorry southbound is on amazon prime i rented devils do because i was hell yeah i was that committed to you guys damn (laughs) you're welcome no torrents none of that bullshit i'm i'm paying i'm putting my money where my mouth is 
Uh, we can reimburse you the three ninety nine. No, or no. I want you guys to have. I want you to split that. I want you to split that three ways. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, Matt, where can the, if you want them to find you online, where can they find you? I I'm I think I'm on like Twitter. It's just my last name, but Nelly Alpin. All right, and uh, gentlemen, anybody else? If one if they if Chad, uh, yeah. same. I think we're all socials, right? Our names at uh, like on every platform. Chad Bellello, yeah, at Chad Bellello, yeah. And then we're at yeah. hi, hi Radio Silence, H I Radio Silence. And also, like I said, go check out that sequence and that first volume. You guys didn't have anything in volume two, right? No, no, okay. no. So go check out the first volume of of VHS. Uh, the segment is called tw- uh, Ten Thirty One Ninety Eight. It's a awesome little haunted house story uh that's what like seven minutes six minutes i think it's like 15. 17 is it yeah. really god I, mean, I, yeah. I feel like i just watched it and it flew right by it, it was cooked. quick yeah it's fast yeah it's very fast uh and that's gonna wrap us up once again uh you can follow me on twitter at joey butts b-u-t-t-s 21 uh don't forget to follow real spoilers on twitter at real spoilers you can also join the league of show shares uh on facebook and you can join the conversation there uh, gentlemen, again, thank you so much. It's been a blast. I, I really do appreciate you guys taking the time. Dude, thank you so thank much. You. That was awesome. Yeah. So yeah. fun. <laughs> All right, I'll let you guys get back to your life. We'll, we'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. Right. Take care. Talk soon. All right, bye. bye. Thanks. This bride... I can't wait to be a part of your family. ...is here for the right reasons. Your vows were beautiful. But his family... Hide and seek. ...is playing games. Good luck. On August 23rd... They think they have to kill you before sunrise. I just saw her running. Oh, my God! I gotta put on my game face. She's... You're not rated R. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.